We ready? Yeah. All right. Awesome. <laughs> Five, four, one, six, seven, action. Don't leave that. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's Robert Lee live from National Fire Radio with my co-host Jeremy Donch. In the studio today, we have Jim Dougherty. I said it correctly? Yep. yep. Awesome. All right, Jim's from Ramsey Fire Department, and he's also one of the senior instructors at the Bergen County Fire Training Center. Correct. Amongst a litany of other things. So, yes, we'll uh, we'll dive right in there, Jim. What was your uh, what was your first fire? It's funny. My first fire uh, uh, was probably a leaf fire or a brush fire as a junior uh, back in '79 uh, or '80, um, and, and this this started a conversation in the firehouse to figure out what my first fire actually was. Uh, and my best recollection is towards the end of my junior career, my first fire was Dr. Lynch's house, which was an old farmhouse in town. Um, and I remember we rode on the back step of the engine because our job as juniors was to make sure we had water supply. We had a uh, 1973 Mac open cab Mac. Well, everything was open cab then. Um, and we were the back crew, uh, myself and the other three or four juniors we had. And I remember we hit the line, we hit the nozzle, and then they told us to get dressed. And, and as a junior, it was like, I mean, that was like throwing you a, a trophy, you know, threw on the old SCBAs. At the time, it was the, uh, the old elephant trunks, you know, yeah. the, old, the old 2As or the 2Bs, whatever they were. And, uh, and I remember following a line down the hallway, and the kitchen was rolling up over your head and everything else. It was, like, absolutely awesome to be able to do that. That's wild. And that, that I believe, to my best recollection, that is my, my, my first real working fire. First fire, probably a leaf fire. Yeah. So, <laughs> so with, with that, like, what uh, do you have in your mind, like a first fire that, like, where, like, was this your first real deal one, or was there one like after that that you would just remember, like, you were like, like that was when the, like the training kicked in, and you were just like, this is like it's more than just a room, like. Um, I, I don't know. It, it, and again, the conversations we had at the firehouse were what fires we had in in the eighty eighty two region when I came mm -hmm. to become a regular, and unfortunately there were so many. There was uh, Bella Scarf, which was a uh, place on the highway. There was the Terhune House, which was on Franklin Turnpike, where we believe that guy, if I recall from, again, conversation and memory, they cut holes in the floor. Yeah. So they, they were, it was intentionally set. Um, Ali's Carpet on the highway. So, so uh, probably Bella Scarf. Bella Scarf was probably the one that where, where everything kicked in. You're dragging down the hallway with the hose. You're on the knob, and you're going down, and stuff's falling down in the ceiling. And, and that's one of the ones where you get your first feeling because I remember the air conditioner came through the roof, and it was like, wow, yeah. did that just happened. Yep. You know, time to get out. Let's get out <coughs> of here. And, and, you know, you're back out. But uh, probably Bella Scarp was probably the and first what, what year was that, Jim? I think, did, I'm pretty sure that was 82. It was the summer of 82. So in 82, you're talking long coats, hip boots, Oh, yeah. step yeah we stretching double jacketed you know hose yeah. and yeah. no five inch right so you're laying double threes well mawa actually was the first one in the area five inch okay and they brought the five inch up that night and that was back then that huh? was back then they were the first one with five inch and that's, and that's early for, yeah. that's early for yeah. five inch well, well mawa has everything you know <laughs> <laughs> it's mawa yeah that's fantastic what was, uh, what was this what was this building uh, Bella Scarf, if I remember correctly, it was a shoe store. It was a shoe store on 17, currently where the Volkswagen dealer is on 17 North. Because 17 and Lake Street at one time was a, a light. It wasn't an overpass. And I remember when it was a light and we had a lot of accidents there. Uh, but Bella Scarf was two buildings up. It was a Sunoco station, a uh, farm stand, and then Bella Scarf was right there. And that's where we had our, our, the first big fire that I remember going into and stuff happened. 
but it was really cool. But but Mawa had the five inch, and we did the the we had the forward lay and the reverse lay as everybody else did on the engine. Yeah. The cotton, the two and a half <clears> and three inch. You split know? beds, yeah. Split beds, we yep. made that. You know, and the old hose, and and as you said, the 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 pull up boots, the fireball gloves, um, the the duck coats with your 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 name spray painted on the back. Yeah. You had to spray over the f first guy's name. Was that like the rubber coat, like uh, the rubber? Fire no, it was coats the duck. The duck, duck coats. The duck okay. coats. You know. Okay. And then the uh, the fiberglass. Remember the fiberglass helmets? Um, they were they weren't really a carbonate fiberglass helmet. That was even before the plastic. Yeah, don't age me, Jim. Yeah, don't age no, me. I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> but uh, but those were that was it. And actually, we were the young group that went to uh, Carnes, Carnes and Clifton. Yeah. And we bought our own bunker pants. We started with bunker pants, hoods. Um, yeah, because I think them. that was mid '80s, right? When bunker pants started, when like '85, '86, yeah, somewhere when it, when it in there, really and getting prevalent in the city. Actually, yeah. the, there was a there was a firefighter from Elizabeth. God, God forbid, I can't remember his name. Got burned really bad. Yeah, and he he actually spoke at National Fire Academy one time. We watched him. He burned in his hands, his face, and um, and then right after that, we went and bought bunker pants and hoods and coats and and the, and the gloves. And at the time, the gloves don't have the uh, the thermal layering they have now. They they were oh, just sure. regular, right? Gloves, right? But we didn't wear the fireball gloves, yeah. Because no, they, you know, you see the stories, them melting your hands. They were the they were the hose packing gloves. No, yeah, well, at least right. you at least you remember to wear them. I mean, I yeah. I remember one of my first nozzle jobs. I was a backup man, push in fire show on second floor. We push in through the front door as backup. Nozzle man hit the stairs. We had perfect visibility on the first floor. We pushed up to the second floor, smoke down to the floor on the landing, zero visibility. Turn the corner, rooms off, out two windows on arrival. So it was an easy push. And I remember getting to the top of the landing, humping the hose, and I and I realized I, I come to realize that I didn't have my gloves. Right. And I'm like, son of a bitch. And, and now now yeah. now we all carry extra gloves, yeah, extra right. hoods, socks. Yeah, yeah. Right. You know, our bunker pants weigh an additional 150 pounds because of all the stuff we're carrying. Yeah. Screwdrivers, pliers, mm -hmm. multi tools. You know, anybody got a screwdriver here? You know. Truck belts. You gotta, you gotta watch when you ask that question because it's like a prison scene. You're gonna get shanked. Like you're gonna get shanked. Somebody's gonna get five or six screwdrivers <laughs> are coming yeah. right at you. So, you know, you know. I'm, I'm at the point now though. I took a lot of stuff out of my pockets because all the younger guys are carrying it. Mm -hmm. You just go. Anybody got a screwdriver? And everybody pulls screwdrivers out. Yeah. You know, anybody got a length of rope? Doctor. Yeah. Doctor. Yeah. 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 Somebody has something. Yeah. So, well, that's so, funny. Jim, you you served pretty much. I think every position in the department. I have to call you an ex chief because uh, Tucker said, "Don't call me a past chief." I'm not dead. Yeah, we're not dead. Past chief is dead. That's a thing, huh? Yeah. I never heard that until the no, other night. No, no, no. come on. You past just chief, said the no, same no, thing. No, no. That, that, that's the past chief. That's dead. Yeah. Ex-chief, I was done. I'm a has-been. I'm over with. Thanks for having me. Mm -hmm. Coming back? I don't know. Never. <laughs> I would never. I, would, I probably would never hold the position of chief again. He got yeah. the t-shirt, and it no. really wasn't yeah, the right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked all the other positions. Chief, I probably wouldn't do again. Which, which position did you like the best? Captain. Captain, I like captain. And, and Ramsey, what was the captain's position uh, like? You could, you had the option of going to the scene in your own car. Um, sometimes you would go, sometimes you would ride with the rig, ride on the truck. You could still work, you still could get down and dirty, and mm -hmm. you could still go on all mutual aid calls because our our chiefs had rules where one would go, one would, and the rest of them would stay available. Right. So the captain could pretty much do what he wants. You know, it's like the ultimate freelance position. Yeah. You know, you get there, you get a job, <clears> you want to you want a rig, you're really not part of the crew, and and I'm just going to go up and take a position. And do what I want, but uh, I like captain. Captain was the good down and dirty position. Basket would come down at a at a call where we're going up to put the elevated platform up. Everybody go. I got the basket. You walk over. And go. I got the basket. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm going. So, with the uh, with, with with the company officer stuff, like, what did you feel was like one of the strong points as a company officer that you really like to you know? If there's something you look back to being either a lieutenant or a captain, like the, the one thing that you were just like, yeah, this is the one part I really enjoyed. Training. Okay. 
training. I was the captain. I was training officer in my department, and uh, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I did it 150%. Uh, I did a lot of it, and I liked it. Um, excellent drills. Uh, getting getting uh, um, houses and structures <coughs> that you could go in, and the stuff I've learned through different classes. Um, real life drills, rather than just sitting in the firehouse and, and watching a video or yeah. or going over things in the fire. It's going out and actually doing it. You know, talk about it for a little while. All right, let's go do it. I like training officers. I was good. I like that position. And is that what led you to become an instructor on the academy level? Probably. Or were you already? Probably. No, I mean, how many years have you been instructing now? I think it's been 14 or 15 years. Okay. Um, I wanted to do that for a long time. Um, you know, there are certain things that happened that triggered that. Um, uh, um, my, 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 my building background, uh, as I said, I was, I was an electrician, right. uh, union electrician. Um, building on my own business, doing my own stuff. Um, and then, then there was a couple of fires. There was one major fire that, that made me really want to get into building, into the, into the building construction part of it and the training part of it. Um, and after that, I started doing more and more training. And not only that, I had time to train because, again, I was a young kid. I was living at home, and, you know, we, had, we, we went training everywhere. Our whole group went training. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, I mean, that, that's how it works, right, is you, you get in the groove with the same, same guys all the time. All the Sign time. up for everything. And you get that you get that camaraderie. I know in my hometown department, it seems like it's every generational class that comes through our department right. sticks together. Yep. And my my I had a, a great solid group of guys. I'm one of the last ones left. A lot of them have moved on. Most of them are career firemen now. Um, I stayed behind as the career volunteer. Um, Sebi, you know our our guy here behind the scenes. Right. He's got a good group of they got a right. solid group right. of guys that just they do everything together. It's it's tough to get anybody motivated <clears throat> to go do things sometimes. Agreed. Um, again, back back in the day, I hate saying that term, but back in the day, we used to go to training all over the place, right. a lot of places, National Fire Academy. Um, however, like my fire one, my fire one at the time was essentials or or, or essentials basic firemen. Fire, yeah, firemen. But now, do you remember the fire college? New Jersey Fire College. Yeah. We used to go down to it was either Seagirt or Seaside. Oh and, yeah, and we yes. used to go down there, and they had they had the little round patch, and they had advanced truck, advanced pump, advanced hose, and, and we'd go away, and we had more fun doing that. You go away, have a good time, and then learn. Yeah, our department required their pump class. That's really? how you got uh, qualified as a chauffeur. Okay, because you had to go to Seagirt and get your pump operator to the fire college. Right, it was, it was yeah. You know, uh, and then you get you, you get to meet people from all over the place. I have met people from all over the country. Just going to different fire <clears throat> fire classes, you know, National Fire Academy, um, Baltimore, Maryland, going down there. Um, but but training, you know, it, it, to me, you got to go to the training, you got to do the training, you got to participate. Watching some of the kids in the fire classes just stand there and not participate really bothers me because everybody needs to participate, younger, older, whatever. One of my pet peeves, uh, I do some training now with everybody with with the department, South River, um, and one of my pet peeves is to get the chiefs in, get the Get the chiefs in doing it. Get the officers in doing it. Yeah. Because if the men don't see the officers training with them, and they're sitting in an office doing paperwork, when you go out in the field, how do I know what you know? You know, some of these kids have oh, never. Agree. Some of these kids have never seen us act. Never seen us at a fire. Never seen what we can do. Right. And we don't have fires like we used to in order to to show them. So if you're in the office and I got some guy teaching a class, how do I know what you can do? So so yeah, I'm the training officer in in, in, in Saddle River. But but when we do a class, you're the captain. You're going to do a section. You're going to do a section. You're going to show them your knowledge. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Show them what you can do. Yeah. I put a. I'm sorry, Rob. Go ahead. No, I was going to say uh, a couple of years ago, I was down in Hyattsville for the the living week. It was back uh, a couple of years ago. The livings used to go away to the beach every week. Right. And you know they'd have their 
rest and relaxation, drinking, and right. raising hell and everything else. But uh, one night we had to keep the ladder truck in service, and Chief Hang showed up, and we were like, all right. And he wasn't running the battalion or anything, so he was like, hey, I'll, I'll tell her. And, like, everybody kind of, like, stopped for a second and paused and looked at him, and then, like, there was this, like, does DH really know how to tell her? Does he still remember? And I'm like, hey, he's going to follow the guy in front of him. It'll be all right. But, like, he jumped right in that spot. Right. And we ran some boxers that night. And he, I mean, he was, he still had it. And it was kind of, for me at least, I enjoyed seeing him as the chief be able to step up into that position because I've always seen him in a chief's uniform. Right. In his buggy, going and running boxes and stuff. Never actually in, in the position. So it was kind of cool to see that. And I wish right. some officers would do that more often, uh, especially in the volunteer services, just because it would be good to, it's almost, I don't know, it's like rattling a saber a little yep. bit for the men to see that, yep. yeah, that's my chief, he still got it. <clears throat> I, I always said that in, in any department, anywhere, you want to become chief. After assistant chief, you go back for a year. Right. Go back into the, and you, you run the rig, you get on a rig, you drive, you ride with the men for a year, then become chief. You know, because you get comfortable all those years moving up, moving up, moving up, and then all of a sudden, you got to go back. Yeah, and you got to find out all those policies that you made, all the stuff that you've done, all the things you, you purchased. Now you got to go back and deal with it. Yep. Now you come back and you go. You know what? We need to fix that. Ah, I you agree. Well, I, yeah. We've yeah. we've had this conversation right here where I'm I'm a, a perfect. I was a young chief, and I've gone through the ranks again, and I've, I'm a retread company officer, engine officer, lieutenant captain, and then I I finally stepped down. Now I'm just a true senior guy in a firehouse. I no responsibility other than being a fireman. And, um, you know, and it's funny because I sit there when I was a retread captain and you sit there with these younger kids and they look at you and go, you know, when you were chief and I go, yeah, I was a young chief. I didn't know any better. Right. I said, you know, and, and that's part of, and that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother discussion. But, you know, we kind of push guys through the, through the line too, sometimes too quick. Um, not that I was, uh, wasn't a good chief or an ineffective chief, but I like to think I was a good chief, but I, I was young and right. I didn't have the life experiences right. I have now. Right. So. Right. Now, being the guy, I'm still 24, 25 years in, I'm still coming out to CO alarms, and right. I'm still showing up for every alarm that I could right. possibly make yeah. because I've dedicated myself <clears throat> to being a firefighter, and I enjoy that thrill, whether it's a CO alarm or a structural fire, yeah. I enjoy it. And so I think the younger guys in my house get a true kick out of that, that I still come out and they can count on me to wheel the engine for a CO alarm right. or be the nozzle man for a, for a fire. Yeah. And uh, and I enjoy it. I really enjoy it. I've been bad the last couple of years. I haven't I haven't been that guy running out at night. You yeah, know? It, it, it's just you know. It, it, well, thir- how many years, Jim? Thirty six, thirty six years. So so you know it's very difficult for me to get up at night for the for the bullshit alarm and 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 go and then come home and then get up again twenty minutes later for another one. Those have settled down, you know. But listen, I'm getting older. I need to sleep. You know, I got to get up in the morning. I got to function and I got to go to work. Yeah. Well, and, you, know, you know, and and part of this conversation too is that. You know, in, in volunteer departments that are having manpower issues, I've had this conversation with a lot of my more senior guys than I am, and I said, you know, I understand that over a certain point, you have to start slowing down. I get that, right. and I respect that. You've right. put your time in. You've done your 20 years, 25 years. But I've years. earned that. I get it, right. without a doubt. You've earned that. The only problem is, is that we don't have the numbers coming up behind us anymore right. to take over your shit. When you take a 25-year-old, 25-year man right. out of the firehouse... Right, because you have younger guys coming up behind them that that can, your knowledge and know how is probably four of them, and yeah. it's hard 
with numbers, it's a numbers game now, right? Mm-hmm. And and so it's hard to fulfill your legacy or your position when and and I'm not I, I'm in the same spot. Like I get it, and we have guys with 30, 40, 50 years in the fire service too. We all slow down. It's a fact of life, especially in the volunteer right. service, and that's respected and it's deserved, and and everybody respects that. But it's hard. It's getting harder and harder to fill those shoes, though. You know, you go to dinners and, uh-huh. and you go to a lot of mutual aid dinners, and you see guys getting high high numbers on their on their stripes, right? You know, Mr. Chief Warnett out right. of uh, White Coast, just got 60, 60 years. Yeah. God bless his, you know, got 60 years. You don't, you're not going to see many of those in dinners in 15, I don't, 20 years. I, I think yeah. you're absolutely right. You're Guys right. are going to be going to college. They're going to be leaving. They're going to, you know, face it, you're not going to be able to buy a house in Ramsey. You know, you're not going to buy a house. You're not going to be able to buy a house in Franklin Lakes, right. you know. So they're going to move on. They're going to, they're going to, they may get, they may get a 50-year pin down the road. But, it, you know, you're talking about active service, you know, how, how long you've been here, if you stay as a member, a life member. But you're not going to have those 40, 50 active year guys. Agreed. I don't see you're going to see many of them. There was a time where I was going to transfer. I was thinking of transferring. So I went to another department in Westchester to interview. And they had, I believe they had a program for their volunteers because they were kind of like, you know, they were pretty forward thinking. They went to the, to the village and everybody was like, listen, these developments that are coming up, it's great. And it's good for business. But this is what a career department costs. And we need to have some subsidized housing for our membership. Because if you don't do that, like, there's not going to be any incentive for people. Like they just won't be right. able to afford. There's going to be living. no young kids. Yeah. Right. So. There's going to be no young kids. All, all of them now that you're looking, you're looking at the housing and everything else now. It's all becoming low income housing, but they're not for the residents. They're not for you know it's right. coming from outside. And then or, or there's the over fifty residents. Mm-hmm. So all the over fifty residents are getting something, and the uh, and I, I don't want to say it the wrong way, but the outsiders are coming in, right. getting low income housing. But what about the kids that live in town that want to stay in town? Right. The DB that for just the DBW people, you know the. The fire department, the ambulance course, you know, it's yeah. going to be tough. It's going to be tough in the future. Now, I want to go back a little bit because there was something you said before. There was a particular fire that kind of motivated you to get into the training training world. I did. You did. You said there was something that happened. And, um, and you were like, hey, and that was like the... Uh, yeah. Um, July 1st, 1988, was uh, the Hackensack Ford fire. I was actually working at uh, uh, Kramer's Yard. Uh, the, Mino- the Motorola building behind the jail, and uh, I was on my way home. And, and 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 just to digress for a moment, back back then we buffed. I don't know if you buffed. We buffed of like course. crazy. You get up two three o'clock in the morning. We had the next hells. You know it was funny because three o'clock in the morning you hear in your bed, Broop! and you know get dressed because we're going to a fire somewhere. We're going to go buff. We're going to go yep. see things. The, the alert goes out. The alert yeah. goes yeah. out. Right. So so <clears throat> so I was actually leaving work, and uh, the Hackensack Ford fire came out. And uh, I was on, I was on, I was right there. I watched, uh, I watched all of that. Yeah. I watched it all. Um, there's actually a video out that uh, they talk about the documentary. And there's a couple of scenes that, uh, um, that I saw. I watched them in the garage, through the garage, where the stair was they, they were at um, when it collapsed. Um, heard the radio transmission, watched the chief do his command thing. We knew nothing then of bowstring trust. We, right. There was nothing. There was mm-hmm. nothing out there. We know anything about um, so you, you know, and you're a young kid. I mean, it was, it was 88. I got an 82. So six years in the department, you know, and you, you think, you know, everything you've seen everything, you know, and, wow. so, and you've had fires under your belt because I mean, in the eighties we were burning. Right. But, but nobody was, nothing was that close to, to that fatal, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, you've seen people in a fire, you've seen that, but you never sure. saw that right to a point where what I saw, um, and, and there's a couple things that, that I did that I helped do and, and tried to do some things and rescue people. And we, we, we I was with a guy, I, I, I don't know his name to this day. We grabbed a, um, uh, 
a battering ram off the old ladder truck in the back and we made a big hole in the shop and couldn't find nobody. Um, apparently we were close, but we weren't close enough. And, uh, and that fire kind of made me think about a lot of things. Um, shortly thereafter that, Brunacini came around and did his, um, uh, his incident command shtick. Right. Saw that up in Orangeburg, listened to his speech. You know, that's when incident command started becoming big. That's when building construction started becoming big. People started looking at communications and all that stuff. Um, but before all that, you know, you watch the fire and then, you know, 4th of July weekend, you think about these things. And then a week later, we're standing in the street for all these guys. And, and that was a tough, you know, you know, tough thing to watch, you know. Yeah. yeah. So, so now you're saying to yourself, you know, I don't get paid for doing this. And at the time, I had no, I had no thought about being a career fireman. No thought about it. We had enough work. We had enough fun. Sure. I didn't need to do it. Um, you know, but, but, but then all the things started coming out, bowstring trust coming out, construction started coming out. Turnout gear, safety, radios, the incident command thing. And you watch that and you think about that now, back then, and you say to yourself, wow. Well, I, I think that time period, the 80s, right? That That is a tremendous turning point for the fire service. Yes. In yes. our country. Yes. Right? Yeah. Hackensack, yeah. And, and just because we have listeners and people watching and so on, but mm -hmm. if you're not familiar with the Hackensack Ford Fire, uh, Jim, you said 1988? July 1st, 1988. Okay. If you're not familiar with it, there's a lot of material out there. It's worth it. Um, it's absolutely worth it. It's one of the fires that uh, was instrumental in changing the way we view command, incident command, building construction, and so on. We lost uh, radios. We lost uh, a few brothers that day, um, and it, was, uh, it, it wasn't a New Jersey thing. This was a, a nationwide um, disaster yep. that happened that yep. that really changed how the fire service viewed a lot of different topics. But just to get back on point, I think that time frame uh, in the fire service was critical. Absolutely, so many changes just from bunker pants, the gear we wore, yeah. the radios we wore, um, the SCBAs, uh, the S Scott, the SCBA went from the uh, demand to positive pressure. Remember the little flip yep. switch, right? Um, and then the Scott 2As came out with the, with the big face piece and, and that whole... I mean, it was a whole different world for us. Right. Every time you turn around, it was something. Right. You know, then there was, you know, between the gear, the equipment, the training, the mandatory training on, 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 on building construction, um, the training on different things, the... the How about the accountability? Accountability came yeah. out. Yeah, right. You know, the radio, the... I said radios three times now. Um, but the, the thermal imaging cameras. Right. Back in the day, we had that little thing you would squeeze... And a little line would go up when something got hotter. You could look at it and go, "How do we have thermal imaging cameras?" Right. That, you know that came out. Well, how about the, how about the fact that not everybody had portable radios? Portable radio, yeah. right? It was like one per one crew. Per one per truck. One right. Per, yeah. And they were the big Max Tron. Yeah. Right. Antenna. You know. Yeah. Um, we had that. Yeah. So I mean, in, incredible changes that that. And I'm, thank you for sharing that because yeah. I can tell that that was uh, difficult for you and a tough time for you. But you know, I I think it was a tough time for the fire service, and uh, and I think a lot of good has come out of it. Yes, absolutely. And I think a lot of that good is you being a part of the good. I mean, you, you've made a lot of changes. You made a, a choice to f pursue training because of something that directly affected you. And I think that's, you know, excellent. Instead of sitting back and, and taking a, a back step to it, you, you got out there in front of it and said, well, I want to be a part of the change. Well, not, and I mean, I don't know what your, what your feeling is on, on it, Jim, but like for me as a student, you know, anytime that I've been in a classroom and there's like, you know, all right, hey, like, we're going to talk about this event that happened. And, you know, and, and it was on this date, this time, and you're just sitting there and you're like, all right, that sucks, you know. But then there's a huge difference when there's somebody in the front of the room saying, listen, 
listen up to what I'm telling you, because I was there that day and I saw yeah. it. And it, 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 it really sets a tone, uh, you know, and, and having friends that have gotten hurt, I can say, like, yeah. it's, it's, you know, it definitely changes your outlook. Yeah. One, of the thing, one of the things in our classes that I like to try to do is, is you know, we, we follow curriculum, and the curriculum is basic. And, and um, Paul Dansback, great mm -hmm. instructor, sure. Rutherford Fire Department, who you should have here, um, he, um, he, he gave us a sheet one time. And one of the things that we try to do in some of the classes is make you go look up a fire. We give you fires that have affected us somehow. I somehow. love it. I love it. Um, one big one was uh, Jacksonville in, in, in uh, Great Adventure. Remember the Great Adventure fire? It was yep. an amusement park fire. A bunch of people were killed. In the that. Haunted House. The Haunted House. Yeah. yeah. That, right. that, that spot is still mm -hmm. down there. And, you, and you know, all these kids have gone. And, and just, again, these kids that I'm teaching don't know about this. Right. They've never seen or heard of this. They're like, what are you talking about? They weren't even born, you know? So, so you talk about the Great Adventure fire. You talk about the... The, um, the station nightclub fire. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I went out to the station nightclub when my my fiance was out working in, uh, in in Rhode Island, and I was like, I was blown away at how close the fire station right. was. Like, I think, right. and I tell people, I was like, you watch that video and then right. understand that. that this fire station was like within walking distance. Did you yeah. see the fire spread in yeah. that video? I mean, I yeah. don't mean to get it really yeah, get into like, it, yeah. but the fire spread on that was unbelievable. And, and I always follow that up with like, when you get on that truck, you need to get off ready to work because right. not to say that they didn't, right. but like that's what can happen. Right. And, 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 and interesting about the station nightclub fire, if you if you did the, um, there's a program there, you saw the program, for getting the fire, the, the band was an older band and it listed how many kids were left without parents how many kids were left without grandparents mm -hmm. because it was an older crowd. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like they were all young kids. It was an 80s cover band, wasn't yeah. it? Like yeah. Skid yeah. Row or yeah. something like that? Yeah. And, and the week before, right. they played down here yeah. in Asbury. So so that could have been happening really? here. Yeah, they played in yeah. Asbury the week before. Yeah. Wow. You know, and I just saw on the news the other night, Happy Land Social Club, New York right. City. Yeah. That was just, they just had an anniversary, had an anniversary on that one. for that. Yeah. Um, and so on. So yeah. the, the list goes on and yeah. on. I mean, you know, yeah. and so on. But, uh, you know, all pivotal fires. I think that's a fantastic thing for you. And, and yeah. Paul Dance back to yeah. do though. I mean, yeah. I love history. Yeah. That's that's and good. And another one we get is uh, give instructor Lewis credit is um, he told me this. You go out to the you go out to the memorial and you take a name off the memorial, and you give it to a student. Yeah. And go look it up. Tell me where he from. What? Tell me everything. Give me a bio, and you make him do it. You know. So not only with the NIST reports, it kind of gives them a little closeness. Some kids it gets across. The other ones won't take take to, take to the class. They're like ah you know that's whatever you know. But but some of them really take to it you know and they're like oh this guy you know. I mean, right here, right, right here in this town, we had a, uh, a fatal, um, uh, witty, right? Didn't you get run over here? I'm not familiar. I'll yeah, be honest. There, with there you. was a, there was a fire. There was an elderly fireman. We had a fire. They had a fire over here at a, uh, a, fin a furniture finishing place, and um, Tinker Eddie Holloma was the fire chief because we were working in Sea Caucus, and he had gotten off the rig, and uh, the rig missed a hydrant, and uh, backed over. Okay. And uh, it was right down the road here on Gulf Road. So, so you know, you talk about these things, and it's right here in Midland Park, and you give that name to a Midland Park kid. Yeah. And they'll go, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. It's history of your department. Yeah. I've been, I've been, you know, I've been involved my whole life, grew up in a firehouse, so I got I to familiarize. I don't, no. I'm not familiar no, with that. No. I mean, right here, I mean, and again, I'm going to pick on you. How, how long have you been here? In a Bergen County line of duty death, right here. Yeah. You know? No, you're right. No, but, but you're right. Uh, you know, those are the things that you try to get across these kids. Yeah, it's not all How do you, fun and games. Yeah, so I mean, you know, you're you're heavily entrenched in instruction and in teaching at the academy, and you're you're seeing these younger kids come through um, and so on. And I have to think, I mean, there there's got to be do you the drive, the desire. Um, 
are they there? Do you see a lot of second generation still? Do you see, or third generation? Do you see the legacy? Do you see a lot of new kids new to the fire service? What is there a, a mixture of both? I think there's a mixture. I think there's a mixture. In the fire one class, I mean, I've had, I've had legacy kids. Yeah. You know, everybody's related. And those are the easy classes to teach because they know. They, they they, they've seen it. They get it. Um, and then I te- I've taught class where only two or three. You know, the first thing you ask, hey, anybody related? Two or three guys raise their hand. And you're like, wow, okay. And then they, they're, they're like, what, uh, what do we do? You know, you, I have to explain to them the difference between a truck and an engine. I have to explain to them between a rear mount and a teller. I have to explain, you know. But, but there, are, there are still some legacy kids out there, but yeah. I don't think there's many. I don't think there's many following in our footsteps. Yeah. What's, uh, what are some, like, um, obstacles you've had to overcome in your career? You know, with this, whether it's with instruction or being a line officer, anything Obstacle. that sticks out, like you were like, you know, this one time, man. Obstacles. Why, they, why they made us well wear bell bottoms? I'll never understand it. You know, like, yeah, you know, it, it's change. Everybody changes. You know, we all have our our personal things that we don't like change about. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I guess I guess my obstacle in my whole fire career, my whole life, has been my mouth. You know, just don't know when to <laughs> shut. I can, I can relate. Don't yeah, know when relate. to shut it sometimes, you know. Well. Because everybody has an opinion, and some people keep their opinion to mm-hmm. my, themselves and whatnot. Yeah. If my fiance is watching this, she's going to say, see, you should take notes right now, but you're not writing anything down from that nice yeah, man. No. Yeah. Give no, you some quality work. advice. It'll get you I get it. marriage. No. I mean, I, I get it. I mean, I've, I've been, uh, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm very outspoken, and, uh, and I let my feelings known. But I, I also think that at the end of the day, I don't go home feeling that I didn't put it out there as to where I thought I needed to be or, or right. my stance. Right. You know, you know, there's always a place to give your opinion. Right. You know, and sometimes that place is not the right place when you give your opinion, I guess. But, but I think but I think in a fire service though, it's sometimes okay when you are you know you know, we talk about uh, shut up and listen, right? Right. Keep your mouth closed, open yeah. your ears, right? right? And 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 that's that's really good and solid advice for new kids in the firehouse. But I think and guys of uh, years of in the business, and and they have a good understanding and working knowledge, and, and they have a bunch of fires under their belt, and they're they're in a position. I think sometimes uh, a little speak up. I find myself being the voice of reason more often yeah. than not than I used to be. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and you say to yourself, you know, when did I when did I be? Yeah, how bad is it that I became the voice of reason? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. There's, there's a lot of times without like, a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Why am I being an adult right yeah. now? Yeah. When, yeah, when did that happen? Yeah. You, know, you sit in your firehouse meeting and you know and you go back and forth at firehouse meetings sometimes. It, it, the meeting alone, you, you know, you think about your meetings. You, you, why are we arguing about this? This, this is <laughs> every really? one of us just signed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah right. Man, like, yeah. Don't talk about We're arguing that. about this. Are you serious? I mean, yeah. Come on. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I think the same argument in every firehouse happens all the time. The kitchen's dirty. Right. The kitchen's always dirty. Right. Yeah. Well, well, why is the kitchen always dirty? And it's funny because I, I say this to other people. Yeah, we had. A, you go to the firehouse, you talk about your kitchen. The name on the firehouse changes, but everything stays the same. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> but but you're right. You know, our opinions. There's a place for it. You got the officers' room. You got the upstairs. You know, agree. Fire ground is a whole different way of doing things. Correct. You know. So. And then just one last thing before we wrap up, Jim. If there's one piece of advice that you could give to yourself now, when you started in '82, what would it be? Buy Apple. <laughs> <laughs> No, that no, is the most oh, sound that's, advice. Hey, that's that's, 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 advice. that's not what you're talking about. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, that's fantastic. What what would what would be the best <laughs> advice I'd say to myself? Uh, I would say uh, never become an officer. Stay as a fireman. 
You'll okay. enjoy it more. You'll enjoy it more. My wife and I talk about this all the time, and, and she said, you know, when I first met you, you were just a fireman, and it was fun. And then, and then as you moved up, it just got more and more difficult, and, and you know, and, and uh, I, 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 I got to say I enjoyed it, but probably, like I said, it, it, seriously, I would say stay, stay a fireman. Just stay a fireman. Just be that guy. Well, and, I, and yeah, and yeah. I mean, I know you know we're we're wrapping here, but I I, I like that, yeah. and I, I like, mm-hmm. but I I interpret that a little bit differently too. Is that stay a fireman? Meaning, even if you become the officer in my world, right? Stay a fireman. Stay a fireman. Stay a fireman. Yeah. Right. Don't forget where you came from. Exactly. You know, always remember where you were from. That's right. You know, and as I said before, I think before you become chief, you got to go back for a year. Yeah. Go back for a year and learn to lead from the front, not from the back. I love you know what I'm it. saying. Lead from the front because there's too many people that lead from the back. Yeah. And we don't need that. You know, we don't need that. Show me what you can do. Lead by example. Go to school. Go to classes. I love it. Sign up. Be that first guy to sign up. You know, put your name on a sheet. Be a leader. Yeah. 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 That's fantastic, Jim. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Jim, thanks for, for coming. That's it. We're pleasure. done. Yeah, we well, done. Well, yeah, absolutely. And, and I will say... I didn't um, even drop the F-bomb once. I know. I'm, uh, uh, no. I, I didn't. You're good. I didn't. See, that was a bet we had when I became fire chief. Just a sidebar. So when I became one of the chiefs, and I got the mouth of a truck driver. So, so... As, <laughs> I get it. I get so, it. So the bet was when I was going to drop the F-bomb. Okay? So, so I didn't. I didn't. So Mike Scalione is the fire chief. I'm the assistant chief. I'm down at my parents' house. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm listening on this app. I'm listening to a working fire on Wyckoff Avenue. And somebody calls Mike on the radio, and he says, Put the effing truck over there. I was not excited about the fire at all. I was more excited he said F. I'm like, he said it first. He said it first. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. And I'm telling you, we went back. That's what everybody said. Mike said it, not me. It was great. That's fantastic. But, uh, Jim, thank you. Yeah, um, thanks, Jim. It was a pleasure. No, thank here. you. It was yeah, fun. Everybody fun. listening uh, and watching, uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, Chief, ex-chief Jim Doggerty of the Ramsey Fire Department and senior instructor, Bourbon County Fire Academy. Uh, solid guy, home run of a firefighter, and uh, we'll have him back for some more. So uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, for myself, Chief Doggerty. And Robert Lee, everybody be safe out there. We'll catch thanks, you next guys. time. Have thank a good you. night. Thanks.